the famous statement about that guy, you know, that wants, so I just want to do my 90 days in jail. You know, all right, well, you go in front of the judge and get all cavalier like that, and all of a sudden he hands you the 90 days and says, and by the way, we'll give you two years of probation. So those things do happen, right? So we're going to talk about um, some cool stuff. We're going to do goals today. We're also going to talk about this little zombie paradigm. I think it's kind of timely for the holidays. And so, but we're going to focus a little bit more on opiates today than usual. I'm doing a presentation at Families Against Narcotics on Thursday. And so what do you guys know about opiates in general? Like where they come from, what they do, that kind of stuff. Like I say to you that the person is an opiate addict. What's it immediately tell you about that person, what they're taking? Heroin or Vicodin. Yeah, heroin, Vicodin, codeine, Oxycontin, right? All those kinds of drugs, all in the same family, right? So they're all opiates. And... You guys know where the original opiates come from, right? Plant. Yeah. Right. It's called opium, right? Opium poppy, yeah. In fact, its official name is papaver right? somniferin. Doesn't that sound pretty cool? So here comes this plant, and it's been used for thousands of years. And so if you crack open one of those poppy heads, all you get is a bunch of seeds out, and that's useless. So what they do is, the, the poppies... They basically have these pretty flowers on them, you know, and they, and here's a plant like that. Just you doing slice it, it when it's budding, right? Exactly, yeah. right, right. Amazing thing about this opium poppy, it looks really pretty. I'm not joking, it's a really pretty plant, and it grows like anywhere. It grows in like, you know, Afghanistan is not known for having high quality soil. You guys know that, right? I mean, it's basically a barren desert. This stuff needs very little water, and it'll grow anywhere, right? And so now we can grow this, and we cut it like, like, um, just mentioned, right, Rachel, you cut it right here, and you score it, and this sap comes out. They go around, they, they collect that sap on a big board, right? Mm -hmm. And what's inside that sap, inside the opium sap? What's actually found inside of it? Anybody have an idea what's found in that? What raw drugs are readily available in that sap? All opiates. Right, well, yeah, well, codeine is naturally occurring. Isn't that amazing? Codeine and morphine and another drug called thebane. Isn't that amazing? These three things are naturally occurring in that sap. So back in the old days, how did people use this sap to kill pain? It's like tea and poppy Exactly. Poppy tea was very popular, right? Poppy tea. And later on, they actually would have like opium balls where they have like a small pill version of it. We kind of swallow it. And then began something new. What was a new way of using opium? Smoking. Absolutely. And what's the difference between smoking something and eating something in general? Yeah. A lot stronger, right? Mm -hmm. For example, if I was to have some heroin and I was to eat it, it would get me high, but it wouldn't do that much, to be honest, right? But if I was to smoke heroin or shoot heroin, it's a lot more powerful, right? And so codeine, morphine, and thebane are found in these plants, and they all kind of vary, but some plants have up to 25% per weight um, of morphine and around like 6% of codeine, right? Anybody ever wonder where the word Vicodin comes from? I always did. It's a pretty famous name, right? Vicodin, you hear that everywhere, right? Vicoprofen and Norco pills and all those pills are the same thing. It's all hydrocodone, right? And so it's a derivative of codeine. They modify the codeine molecule. And so um, what's the Roman numeral for six? VI, yeah. right? So V equals five, right? And VI equals six, right? So if I'm a scientist and I'm playing around with codeine and I find this new molecule and I call it hydro 
codone because it's really powerful codone, right? And I'd call it, you know, well, it's six times more powerful than codeine, so I could call it Vico. What? Yeah, that's where the name came from. It's six times more powerful than codeine. Isn't that amazing? And this name morphine, where does that come from? The Greek god of what? Yeah, dreams. Right? Isn't that amazing? And where does the word heroin come from? German word meaning heroic or heroic or more powerful. Because it's more powerful than morphine. Isn't that amazing? It's a chemical name for heroin. Diacetylmorphine. So what's this Thebane stuff? We haven't talked about it at all, right? So these two drugs, if you smoke or eat them, will get you high. But Thebane is an alkaloid, and it's uh, it's a kind of a, it's an opiate. Doesn't get you high. But what was Thebane, or what is Thebane used for right now? Oh, it's used to make a very important drug, Narcan, and another very important drug called Suboxone. Right. A lot of synthetics come from Thebane. Even oxycodone comes from Thebane. And where does the word Thebane come from? Thebes. It was the uh, Egyptian city that was known throughout the world for selling opium. It was a big opium uh, city, Thebes, in, in Egypt. Isn't that amazing how that shit ties together? All right, thoughts or comments about these ideas? America consumes how much of the world's phycodine? 99%, and we're 5% of the world's population. How much of the world's oxycodone do we currently consume? 80%. That's some shit. We're only 5% of the world's population. How much of the world's illegal drugs in general do we consume in America? 40%. If you take all the illegal drugs that are made, it's not, it's not pharmaceuticals, by the way, but it's all the illegal drugs, all the marijuana, all the heroin, all the opium, all that that's made, and just give us 40% and only 5% of the world's population. So what does it tell you about America in general, just based on that? Right. So why is that? You ever ponder that? Like, why is it that our culture really is a drug-using and drug-seeking culture? Is it? Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm seriously, it's that one rhetorical question. Yeah. Could be that. And what are you going to say, Rachel? I don't know. They kind of push it on you, too. We're greedy as fuck. Yeah, we're greedy as fuck, right? We want what we want when we want it. We're intolerant of feeling uncomfortable. In other cultures... Medications yeah. and everything. They, like, always try to push it on Yeah. You can't make any money off of plants, so it's got to be synthetic to make money. Mm -hmm. So now I move away from naturals to synthetics, right? I thought the natural plants were the same. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. It's huge. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can you talk to people off of opiates using high doses of vitamin C. You guys know that, don't yeah. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But doctors don't want to do that because it doesn't allow them to, you know, prescribe their medicines, yeah, right? Sell their stuff. Right. Yeah. If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything becomes a nail. Wait, so right. That High doses of sodium ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C, actually yes. lowers the withdrawal significantly from heroin and so suboxone. I haven't tried. I don't know about that, because but because I heard that yeah. it intensifies it. Yeah, I haven't heard that, but I know for a fact I got two people off of heroin that had no money and no resources that couldn't go to rehab. 
and they got off of heroin using high doses of sodium ascorbic acid. Yeah. And I actually wrote a letter to the medical director at Brighton and the director at Maple Grove, and I said, hey, how about offering people a choice? How about you can say you want to do a natural detox, or you want to do the chemical detox, or do a combination where you do catapress and vitamin C, and guess what they wrote me back and said? I'm not interested in your idea. We have a very good way of detoxing clients. We don't need you in new ways. I'm like, well, fuck, it's not very nice. I thought I had a nice idea. Very sensitive. All right, let's talk about this zombie paradigm and try to relate it to addiction, and especially heroin addiction in particular. It applies to any kind of addiction, right? You guys know that uh, President Lincoln's wife was an opium addict, right? Any other famous people that abused opium or heroin you can think of offhand? Oh, wow. oh. Janis Joplin, right? Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, 27s, right? There's a, a bunch of them, right? Um, no, I made a mistake. First, we've got zombie one first. Are there enough zombie ones to pass around? Are we short on zombie ones? No, but you've had these. That's going to be next, so you can keep those. We're going to do the zombie, and then we're going to do the Lara method. So, thoughts on this zombie paradigm? We're going to talk about this. Ties in right into heroin addiction. What's that? I know you don't. This is not about, it's about oh, understanding. Yeah. I'm glad you don't do heroin. Trust me, that's a good thing. But we're going to talk about addiction in general, and heroin is one of them, right? So the heroin addict zombie paradigm. So instead of just saying heroin, we can say addict. Is alcohol a drug? Yeah. Right. And so alcohol wasn't a drug. What would it be? A vegetable, a fruit, or a condiment? So alcohol is a drug. And so what's one of the most abused drugs in America? Alcohol, right? And so... What does that make people that sell alcohol by definition? Thank you for saying that out loud. It's true though, isn't it? All right, so who wants to read these uh, eight items? Need a volunteer, fortune favors the bold. Thank you. The term heroin addict scares people. The word zombie scares people. So does the word addict scare people in general? Addict. Is somewhat addict, does the word addict scare people in general? Some people. Lots of people. Oh, yeah, all the people that live like in Rochester Hills and Birmingham, if you say, oh, that guy that lives next to you, he's an addict. And how would they respond to that? Um, oh, my God, really? I better watch my shit, right? <laughs> if I say, oh, that guy that lives next to you, and he's got a mental health di disorder, it's called depression. And what would they say? Oh, we need to help him. I should probably go over there and bake him some cookies. <laughs> right? Is that true? Yeah. Perspective is different, right? You say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a um, recovering alcoholic. That sounds pretty, doesn't it? I'm a recovering alcoholic, which means I, I drank too much at a few Christmas parties and my wife yelled at me, and now I'm sober. Right? Thank you for being an upstanding citizen, right? I say I'm a recovering heroin addict. Like, really? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm a recovering heroin addict. See, she got nervous. You see that? <laughs> she was like, what the fuck, Raj? You my fucking first alone. No, I'm not going to steal your shit. I'm sober, man. I'm not going to steal your shit. Isn't that amazing, all right? I'm a recovering addict. So there's a stigma that goes with it. So Families Against Narcotics is trying to fight this stigma. Why is it important to break down a stigma when it comes to mental health issues? Well, if, if I can stigmatize you and say that you're a bad person because of your disease, I mean, I don't have to help you, and then whatever happens to you, you deserve, right? So it's like saying Asperger's, you're retarded. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. You deserve it. You must have done something bad in a previous life, or your mom must have had right. some bad nutrition, so that's why you are the way that you are. Right. 
So we've got to break the stigma, right? And so is it possible that if I have this stigma of being an addict, that I might be scared and not want to seek out help? Right? I meet lots of people that have gone to therapists and went gone to different treatment places and got mistreated, right? Yeah. Like, I'll never go back there again for fucking help. They have a study that people that have experienced confrontational treatment or uncomfortable treatment when they were younger have actually been in interviews, been asked, you know, when they're on the streets or really badly strung out, hey, how come you don't get help for your severe alcoholism or your severe drug addiction? And many of them will say, my experience in that place was so bad, I would rather die of addiction than go back there and get help and get mistreated by those people. Remember what you're talking about, that, that hot seat? Really? Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So here's Josh going to a place where they say you can get help, right? And a bunch of motherfuckers are yelling at you and, and carrying on in a really sick, twisted way, right? And bringing up really deep childhood scars and ripping those fucking scars wide open and saying, okay, now we're giving you therapy. No, you're fucking not. What you're doing is emotional abuse. Oh, yeah, remember his story? Just give a little quick synopsis of what that was like, Josh, what you saw. Is this of Carol? Carol, yeah. Carol's just like a child rehab in like a rundown hotel. It was like, exactly what it was. And like, to graduate, you have to write like a 10 page letter about your life. And like, every detail. And like, all these, like, pretty much as I tell you, right, like, all these bad things in your life, why your life is bad. Yeah. And like, before you leave in order to graduate, you have to like, at least I don't know if that the guys have to do this. Right. The girls did, but you make like, everyone sit in a circle, and then one by one, people's got to sit and like lean out in the middle. and they just like spit shit at you and like they say like, the meanest things they can, like call you pussy and you fucking like, belly okay. Yeah, right. One How kid, did the man get shut down? Right, exactly, like, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And this one kid. I would too. Doesn't require a six year degree to figure out that that's mistreating people, yeah. right? Remember that one kid? Tell us a story real fast this about that one kid. He's a child and he wrote it in his thing. You have to read that paper in front of everyone too. Yeah. And look, the guy runs with a the therapist. First thing he says right off the rip is like, "How does it feel to know you lost virginity to a man?" That's you just you tap out when you're done. You start crying. Yeah. Bizarre. Right? What's the point of that? There is no Why point, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so I guess their philosophy is that they're going to get you to break down and break through, right? And so by breaking down and breaking through, you can become a new person, right? But remember, it's, the, it's like the Marines. The Marines break you down. But remember, the Marines do what? That's really important. They build you back up before they set you out, right? They always build you back up. Yeah, that's and the so last part of it, too. That's like one of the last parts. They build you up? No, they fucking that song was the last part. Oh, yeah, they they got it wrong, yeah. right? They're breaking people down, so it doesn't work. By the way, in America, don't we always claim that kids are the most important thing? Don't we say kids are the most important thing? I hear it all the time. Like they're our they're our future. We have to make sure they're educated and they have you know the best opportunities, right? Politicians always say that shit, right? So let's see if that's you know can be shown through evidence and whether it's actionable. How many places are there in Michigan? to lock up kids that are misbehaving in maximum security settings. Like, like kitty, kitty prisons. How many places in Michigan? Guess. Take a guess. Over 50. Two. Over, over 40 for sure. I think it's close to 50. So 40. So 40 places to lock up kids like adults. Right? Now, kids are very important, right? How many places are there for people under the age of 18 to get inpatient treatment for substance abuse? Josh knows. Right now there's only one. Carol's. 
So based on this, you don't give a fuck about kids. What you want to do is lock them up. You don't want to help them because it's a 41, 40 to 1 ratio of locking kids up to helping kids. It should be the other way around. It should be 40 places to help kids and get them to change and one fucking place to lock them all up. Can't you I thought, uh, no? I thought there was uh, like another place. It was, it was like a year. Brighton got rid of their juvenile program. Maple Grove got rid of their juvenile program. Um, I was in there with the younger Yeah. I forget what it's called. Yeah. It's as far like, as I know, Matt, I could be wrong. Okay, I'm but sure, as far as I know, but every parent that I talk to has a hell of a time finding any place for a person under the age of 18 unless you send them out of state, right? Okay. I think it's for like 13 to like 18. I know once you're 18, you right. can't go there anymore. Used to be Teen Challenge home. used to be the one. Yeah. But that's a really bizarre place. It's more like a cult. Yeah. Yep. I heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> teen Challenge. Kind of like yeah. Grace Center's a whole. Right. Campus. Right. Not really a cult. <laughs> How about the next one, Brooke? Number two. Right. So is that one of the things that people are scared about? If, if you have children in the neighborhood and someone says, hey, that guy that lives next to you is an addict. And so what's that adult probably thinking about? Oh, I don't want to expose my children to him because what will happen? Right. Isn't that true? Yeah. So how many people want to come out and say to everybody, hey, I'm a recovering heroin addict. I'm your neighbor. I'm doing great. How are you kids doing today? I think that'd be good for your kids, honestly. I think that'd see you way, honestly. Well, I don't know, man. That's, but I'm just telling you how people react to hear this all the time, right? People are afraid of addicts, and when you tell them, they go, well, he's going to affect my kid. Remember, schools. Why do school, schools always pull the kid out that's selling drugs or using drugs and have them removed from the school? Is it because of a treatment program? No. What are they trying to do? Yeah, so nobody else gets exposed to that person because they're going to get contaminated. They're going to get infected with their disease, right? Yeah. And so if you're a kid with a drug problem coming from a broken home and they catch you with a bunch of weed and the cops show up, it's fucking bullshit, by the way, and you get cuffed up and walked out like this and all your friends are looking at you, are you going to be inspired to go, hey, I want to I go to rehab. Can you guys help me? I have a drug problem. Or are you going to go, oh, my God, I'm a fucking criminal, so I might as well take this to the next level. I've been labeled, I've been labeled as this, right? You treat me as this. I'm that dangerous. You had to take me out of your school with handcuffs on. How's that going to affect my psyche as a 13, 14, 15? You guys know in, in the old days, if you got caught with weed, the school handled that. If you got into a fist fight, the school handled that. It wasn't like you had an assault charge or you had a possession charge. It was all handled by the schools back then. Now everything is criminalized. You can't even spray paint a building as a little kid. Nine years old, they're getting fucking arrested. Are you serious? That's weird, isn't it? How about number three? Yeah, so what happens to a person in alcoholism or addiction? Why does their physical appearance change for the negative? Any theories on that? Yeah, right? Yeah. Do you eat healthy when you're strung out? Most people don't eat very well, right? Are they exercising regularly? Are they I'm not trying to be me? Are they are they showering daily? Are they taking care of their health and hygiene? Are they wearing clean clothes? Right? So we can see that they begin to degrade physically, right? One of the signs of addiction when you go driving around Detroit, no, not pulling out stereotypes, but you see a person that's homeless, black or white, and they're sitting there, and you can see, wow, this person probably has a serious addiction going on, or they got a mental health issue that's very serious, or they got they're both going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that? Or they're homeless. Yeah, or, or they're homeless, right? But most times we can kind of see from how they appear, though, right? Track marks? Mm-hmm. 
How about number four? So if I'm an alcoholic and I'm a hardcore alcoholic that's dependent on alcohol, what am I thinking about all day long? Where do I get more alcohol? If I'm a pill addict and I'm hooked on Xanax, what am I thinking about all day long? Where do I get more Xanax? So if I'm a heroin addict, what am I thinking about all day long? Where do I get more heroin? Is that fun to be obsessed with something? No. I don't think it's fun at all. How about the next one, Brooke? Gravelry? Is that even a word? I don't know. Lower voice, zombies experience voice changes in incoherent speech. Has anybody ever talked to somebody on the phone and known right away that person was intoxicated yes. or high? How is that though? Isn't that weird? And sometimes you can tell what they're taking, right? Yeah. Don't pot smokers have a certain way of talking and sounding? No. When they're high? No. Yeah, they do. Yeah. All right. Like when I got sober? Yeah. I saw everyone smoking weed and like, I was like, since like 6th grade. Right. Like, I was like, no one ever knows I'm high. Right, exactly. No one knows. This is my little secret. No one knows I'm high all the time. I go yeah. hockey high. I do everything high. Right. And then, like, I see, I go, like, oh, my friend's smoking now, and they just, like, blaze out of their mind, like, in a fucking movie. I'm just like, wow. Like, everyone probably knows this blaze every day. Yeah. They act high. Right. And I was like, no. I was like, I, I do want to believe it at first. Yeah. Like, everything high. I went to school high every day. Yeah. How about when they're drunk? How's their voice sound when they're drunk? Can we kind of tell a person's yeah. slurs, right? Yeah. How about a person's had too much Adderall? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Or the first time, like, like your cocaine amateurs, right? I get this idea. I know you got lots of ideas, right? <laughs> right? Cocaine amateurs. What about, what about the people that do some of the e-drugs, like, like your Molly and your ecstasy and all that? Yeah. I really I love I love everything's beautiful right now. Can we all just get along? Right? Shit like that. And the heroin people are like, oh, yeah, 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 heroin. I'm not on heroin. I didn't take any songs. Take a drug test. I'm not taking a drug test. Right? It's amazing, right? The voice gives them away. How about number six? Heroin addict world has no future time limitation. Zombies operate in the moment. No ability to delay gratification. So I was trying to figure out how they can, you know, uh, discover and identify addicts. And they gave a whole bunch of these tests to people in general. And guess what one of the common themes to people that had addiction and alcoholism was? A lack of future orientation. When they're asked about their plans for a week from now, and a month from now, and a year from now, and a five-year plan for themselves, they had a very difficult, a very difficult time being able to identify what they want to do with their lives or how their lives are going to be, or be in two and five years. Is that amazing? So lack of future orientation is one of the hallmarks of addiction. So to fight addiction, what you're supposed to do is focus on your future, not dwell on your past. People that are really prone and, and stuck in addiction will always talk about the bad things they've had in their lives. One second. The bad experiences they had in their lives and in their past, and they overly focus and fixate on that. And the idea is to also focus on your future as well. Go ahead, Brooke. Future. If you're living in the past, it makes you depressed. Mm -hmm. If you live in the now, you're happy. Right. Yeah, you can be. We want you to at least plan for the future, too. Plan on being alive. Plan on having a house in the future. Plan on having a car in the future. Stuff like that. That's like healthy life skills, right? Yeah. Not worrying about the future. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. How about the next one, number seven? Heroin has shortened time horizons and insight. Mm -hmm. Zombies 
sensitivity to future consequences. Zombies don't fear consequences and don't plan for the future. So as they study alcoholics and accidents, so they don't really seem afraid of the future consequences. They interview addicts and they say, hey, if you keep drinking and keep using drugs like this, do you know that you can die? And they'd be like, yeah. So put on a scale from 0 to 10 how concerned you are about dying. They're like, zero. But you're supposed to be scared of that. Where's the fear? Right? And so there's this, there's this insensitivity to future consequences. Well, that's going to happen to somebody else. It will never happen to me. What about getting robbed down in Detroit? What about you know, drunk driving and crashing your car? Oh, that won't happen to me. That'll happen to Josh, but that'll never happen to me. I'm magical and special, and when I'm high, I have even better reflexes, and I can, I can figure shit out even better than you, right? So magical thinking kicks in. How about number eight? Yeah, it's a typo. They are physically present but emotionally unavailable. So what is it about people that are abusing drugs and alcohol that takes away their emotions and their ability to connect with them? I gotta go. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. so right, man. Congrats, man. Yeah, cool. No problem. So what about this idea with being physically present but emotionally unavailable? Well, if we use drugs like cocaine, cocaine makes you numb, right? We use narcotics. And those kind of take away feelings. When we use alcohol, we don't really think. It puts our thinking down at another level, right? So all these drugs impair our ability to function. If you've ever had someone that you love and really care about that abuses drugs and alcohol, you can oftentimes explain it to somebody else and you say, well, that person lives in my house, but there's no emotional connection. That's why I get pissed off at parents that tell me that they're taking Xanax and Adderall and smoking weed, and they say, I never miss my kids' practices. I'm always there for them. I take them to the movies. We do all kinds of things together. I, I never even forget doing their laundry. And I'm like, yeah, Mom, you're physically there, but you're emotionally unavailable. Kids can pick up on that really, really well. They look into your eyes, and they don't feel comfortable. They look into your eyes, and they feel anxious. Is that making sense? Yeah. All right, how about the last text box there? So thoughts about this with the timeliness to Halloween. Is this kind of yeah, it's kind of true. People that are strung out and hooked on alcohol and drugs are kind of like zombies. Okay. Comments or questions about this idea? Is it making sense though? All right, so cool. So zombie apocalypse is going to be because of drugs and alcohol? No, 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 no. I'm just comparing the two in, in the behavior. What about the apocalypse? I'm not sure about that. It's not my area of expertise. Okay. So we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. If you have a drug of choice, please mention what it is. If you have some clean time, please mention that as well. And give us a highlight in the past week. And Pete knows this drill really well, so we'll start with Pete. I'm Pete, alcohol. It's been... 269 days. Fantastic, man. Well done. That's awesome. Give us a highlight, man. Give me something. Um, I went out for a good meal this week. Good for you. Good for you. Elizabeth, how about you? Um, I'm Elizabeth. My drug of choice would be like weed and pills. Um, I've been clean for four days. Good for you, Elizabeth. That's great. Good for you. And I like it would probably be the Lunar Eclipse last week. No yeah. way, really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even see that. I, I stayed up. Did you really? I got out there at like 4.30, watched it until like 6.30. Nice. It's peak. 
Uh-huh. Good for you. That's very cool. What's Lifelong your, memory. What's your sign? Cool. Rachel, how about you? Um, Rachel, I've been with this heroin. Mm -hmm. I'm clean for almost six months. Good now. for you, Rachel. Well done. Yeah. That's great. Um, I don't know if I had a highlight really this week. Are you sleeping I'm better now? Are you, are you feeling better? Like, I'm feeling better. I'm not sleeping too well. Okay. Yeah. I just found out, like, me and my boyfriend just found out that his mom's on heroin. No. Yeah. You guys have any plan to deal with that? We've been trying to deal with it. She just got out of Havenwick. She got into, like, a big fight with her boyfriend. Right. And she ended up cutting herself. He's back in prison now. Wow. Like... She didn't want to go to the hospital at first. Right. And, like, my boyfriend had to, like, sign a petition or whatever to, like, yeah. make her stay at the hospital so she couldn't leave. Same thing with Havenwick. She was in yeah. Havenwick for maybe, like, a week, and then they let her go. Yeah, but she had good and insurance. They'll keep her there for a long time. She just, like, told everyone what they wanted to hear. Yeah. And now she's, like... I had a feeling that she was on dope, like, really? the entire time. Yeah. Okay. I could tell she definitely had, like, an yeah. addict personality and mentality. Yeah. And... I don't know. It's got to be really hard for your boyfriend to have a mom that's oh, abusing yeah. heroin. It's got to be really scary for him, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. If the mom was just smoking weed, she's not going to die, right? No. But when you're doing heroin, I mean, there's a high odds of you actually overdosing and dying. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking anybody that, you know, would think about their mom being on heroin, that's got to be scary. Yeah. Well, keep me posted. Whatever I can do to help, let me know, right? All right. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I've been trying to get her to come here. Yeah. Like, it's a free class. Right. Like, or you just have her even call me. I'll talk yeah. to her. I'll, I'll bring her in for a free session. I'll talk to her. Yeah. All right. Thank All right. you. Thanks. How about you? I'm Hattie, and my daughter's Christmas. Okay. It's been, um, like, nine more days. I'm Good for you. <laughs> so, give us a highlight, too. I wasn't the one they were pointing and talking about at the, my cousin's wedding. So tell me all about that <laughs> experience. My really? Uh, she had to be carried from the shuttle bus into the hotel. Is that a cute look, by the way, as far as looks go? No, she was really embarrassed. Oh. So the modern... bus driver and her husband had to bring her in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All because of alcohol? Alcohol poisoning. And I just looked at her. She goes, "I've been throwing up since Sunday night." And I'm like, "All right." I guess that sounds pretty, doesn't it? I'm not drunk. I have alcohol poisoning. So I'm a victim <laughs> of. I'm a victim of this shit, right? Thinking, yeah. Know, I, I Must have go, got some bad alcohol. Worker, so it's like right. I want to go into like, well, alcohol is poison. Right. Blah, 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 you know. Right. So show off. Do gooder. You think you're better than me? Amazing. So, having gone through that, how'd you feel? Did you have a good time without drinking? Yeah, but okay. I was resentful. Why? Because my sister, every time I went to the bar to get a Diet Coke, my mm -hmm. sister was like on me like flies on shit, and she needs to like... So she's your sponsor? She thinks she's something. Is she a therapist? <laughs> no. <laughs> what does she think she is? I don't know. should ask her. Say, I thought you were my sister. I know that you were my sponsor, my security guard, my police officer, my probation officer. Are our roles changing here? She was trying to detract. She was trying to catch me doing something to detract away from her boyfriend and the, and the crazy drunken mm -hmm. super he was in. Oh. 
That makes complete sense. So we focus on Addie. No one's going to notice my drunken boyfriend over here. Yeah. Well played. Yeah, give her credit for that. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're here, Addie. I'm like, but look at him. It's not me. I'm yeah. Not <laughs> right. Why don't you monitor him? No. Yeah. Not my business, not my problem, thank God. Yeah. Not your monkeys, not your circus, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, glad you're here. Trisha, how about you? Um, Doug Choice's hairline made like 10 days over. Good for you. Well done. You give us a highlight? Um, Throw me something. You see a good movie, you watch a good TV show, hear a good song. What are you reading? Um, the girl that played with fire. What's that about? It's about a lot of stuff. Good. Should I read it or no? Yeah, it's a series. Okay. Just pen that. Good. Glad you're here. How about you? I'm Brooke. Um, okay. Good. Good for you, Brooke. Well done. Is it a new therapist that you're seeing? Church, yeah. How'd it go? It's going good until they decided that it wasn't, uh, he wasn't an expertise in an IOP program. So I'm confused. He wasn't able to help you? But he was able to help me. My mom didn't think so. Okay, why is that? I don't know. My All mom right. never knows how to help me. Okay. She's not how to help myself. It's a problem. All right. I'm stuck in her house. I'm stuck under her rules. Okay. But it's only temporary, right? Yeah. I told her to kick me out. Why? Because then I didn't have control over my life. Alright. Um, How's the NA meeting? That was great. Good. That was great. Did your friend go with you, the guy that I met? Yeah, he went with me. Good. And then uh, we went to Adriana's and he goes there too. And then, uh, you read my tarot, which was pretty spot on. Nice. Um, told the told Brian I shouldn't say the devil's name for about a week, and I should be better. Okay. And um, I felt like one of the entities that's following me uh -huh. kind of got left off from church yesterday. Good. Because I actually stayed and wasn't saying anyone, so I hope someone's saying. So you feel more peace? No. 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 Okay. Yeah. Remember, you're gonna feel better and better over time. Just be patient. I just feel like I'm always gonna be on something to stop my karma trips, so I'm never gonna be healed. Yeah, we're not gonna think like that. Remember, you mentioned to me that we shouldn't be thinking about the future in a negative way. Let's be centered in the moment right now. In the moment right now, everything is okay. Everybody's safe in here. Nothing's gonna to happen to you. Yeah. And most people don't need pills the rest of their life. That's a fact. You've had the same experiences as you. You went through a lot and you're still a survivor. I don't think anybody's had the experiences I've had except for Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, trust me. Been, uh, whatever you feel has been felt before. Seeing the sky rain blood. Like I said, I've heard all kinds of stories. I wish I could get into it with you, but whatever you feel has been felt before. 
I'm not minimizing what you went through. I feel more, more of a prophet. Okay. That's scary. So just be patient. That's why Yeah. Time will help you heal. Just be patient. Let time to do its job. Yeah. Time is your ally. Time is your friend. Yeah, you're gonna tell him that. So I'm not ready for a job. Maybe have your therapist, probably your hair that says the same thing. I'm not, because I'm not on the right medication, because they pulled me off of Adderall. I was on Norco. There was the problem. Nobody's understanding me. Okay. And my mom keeps putting me through doctors and doctors, and I keep having to tell my story over and over again. And it makes sense if I see him for two days, and then I get comfortable, and she takes me out of my comfort zone. I know who I want to see. Okay. I've seen them. And I want to go back there. And she won't want me to go back there. Well, honestly, you got to meet with her and your therapist and talk the about copay. those things. Right. She pays for the copay. If I had to have a job, I could pay for the copay, but I can't. Yeah, let's do things step by step. Let's focus on the court case. Let's keep you out of a jail cell and let's let you heal, okay? Well, what do I say? To keep me out of a jail cell, but I've seen everything in the world that scares me shitless. Anybody have any suggestions what she should say to stay out of a jail cell? Because I accidentally, I accidentally signed a check that was spam that was written to me in my name, given to me through the mail, and I had got someone out of jail by cashing that check because I just learned it was for his child support, and I didn't even know it was for his child. I thought it was just for him to stay out of jail because he owed money on something. So, Brooke, you have to get to a lawyer, and you got to tell them what's going on and have your mom and other people as allies and make that happen. you got to put a plan together. It just makes me want to take more of the acid Yeah, well, it's not going to solve the problem. No one's going to calm me down. It's not going to solve the problem. I'm glad you're here. Mackenzie, how about you? Love uh, your hat, by the way. Um, my name is Mackenzie, and my drugs of choice were heroin, uh, Xanax, and Coke, I guess are the three that I had problems with. Okay. Heroin, it's been about a year. Good for you. Well done. That's great. And um, benzos and cocaine, it's been two months. Fantastic. Good for you. Anything else still being used right now? Okay, so we're doing good? Nope. Um, yeah, uh, my highlight of the week was mm -hmm. my sister coming to town from Chicago. Nice. And going to Wings Games and other loss. Okay, you still had fun though, right? Yeah. That's great. When, when you came up, Benzo's Thanks, everybody, for sharing. I really appreciate it. And we have a lot of things that are going on, and a lot of people that are willing to fight addiction, and I really find that remarkable, and I respect it. Do you want to share, too? Did I cut you off? Do you want to just share anything at all? Oh, I'm okay. You sure? Okay. I want everyone to get their voice heard. And so, um, remember, there's a thousand other people that should be in this room talking about their drug and alcohol usage and trying to make their lives better. And for lack of a better way of saying this, they don't have the courage to walk in this room and talk about these things, right? This is the road less traveled. This is the more difficult path. The term called Kaizen, Japanese use it when they're manufacturing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's a really cool term. And Kaizen basically means 
constant improvement. No matter what you what you do, what you make, or what you do, you can always do it better. You guys ever hear the story about Bruce Lee? It's a famous story about Bruce Lee. So Bruce Lee came to America. He was from Hong Kong, obviously, and he was teaching kung fu to non-Chinese. Now, believe it or not, that was a big fucking deal in the 70s and 60s. He was teaching kung fu to white people and black people and women especially, right? And so a grandmaster shows up from China and tells Bruce Lee, you cannot do this. You cannot teach non-Chinese kung fu. And Bruce Lee's like, I'm going to fucking do that. So the kung fu master says, here's the deal. I am a grand master, and I'm going to fight you. And then when I kick your ass, you're no longer going to actually teach anybody kung fu but Chinese people. And Bruce Lee says, but if I kick your ass, I can do whatever I want. And Grandmaster says, we got it. So a big fight ensued at um, Bruce Lee's dojo in California. Well, there was an actual fight. I'm not sure how graphic it was, but they actually fought. Okay, and so he had his entourage, and Bruce Lee had his entourage, and what do you think happened? In five minutes, Bruce Lee defeats the Grandmaster, completely defeats him. The guy bows out and says, you've won and you've triumphed. So everybody gathers around Bruce Lee, all his friends and family, and they begin cheering him out and say, Bruce Lee, paraphrasing, you are the best motherfucker ever. You kicked the Grandmaster's fucking ass in five minutes. And notice that Bruce Lee is not very happy, and he's looking down. So one of the people says, Bruce, do you have any, any words for us? He goes, yeah, it should have only taken two. Wow, and that's some shit. Constant improvement. I could have done that better. I'm going to think this through. Failure modes effects analysis. It takes a great deal of courage to be self-reflexive and look at yourself in that way. Is that making sense? Good for you. Martial arts are really healthy. So let's go through here. We'll pass this on through. Please take one and pass it through. I'm going to pass some pens through as well. We're going to focus on goals today. Once again, we're going to break through the future-oriented thinking. And if anyone needs a pen, just pass one through. I'm sorry I don't have anything to write on. i got one here. You can use that to write on. It'll be easier. And then here, someone else wants to use this to write on. Anybody want to use one of these? Right. Okay. So the first thing that we see there, what's it say at the very top? Eddie, what's it say at the very top there about goals? Short-term goals, now uh -huh. to 90 days. Okay. And the next one, what does it say about the medium terms? 90 days to 6 months. And the longer term is? 6 months, 12 months. Yeah. All right. So cool. So here's the deal. They can be physical goals, better health, better nutrition, weight gain or weight loss. They can be goals about travel. They can be goals about home or self-improvement. They can mean I want to clean up my bedroom, get a new comforter. They can mean I want to have five new friends on Facebook. They can be whatever you want them to be on the other side. Yeah. Facebook out of there. Well, you know what I mean. Facebook just said that they would pay and support uh, people that want to freeze their eggs until they're ready to have kids. Okay. So short-term goals. Right, those are very important. <laughs> you think I'll play? I'll pay attention to the news, man. Right. I hate Facebook. And... Oh, I was trying yeah. to figure out why that was bad. Right. It's okay. So short-term goals, I'll focus on that right now, okay? Goals that travel, you know, relationship improvement, health improvement, right? Maybe go do something different, read a new book, study something new. Eventually they'll freeze you if it's a long-term thing. Okay. That's what I think. All right.
So go ahead, write those goals down that you want to have. They can be physical, mental, or spiritual goals. They can be maybe starting a new class. You mentioned or karate or something like that. It can be starting to learn meditation. That one dead? How about that one? That one better? I'm sorry about that. One of the main things I do when I do life coaching with people and some of my clients are like, you know, CEOs of, of corporations, and I have two um, chief of surgeries, uh, surgeons, obviously, that, that see me. We focus on relationship goals, social goals, career goals, stuff like that as well. They can even be court case goals, too. I didn't mention that as well. People that go into a courtroom and have a plan that they actually practice and rehearse have the best outcomes. Oftentimes, the attorney will speak for you, and a lot of these attorneys are really good. But sometimes, what's that? I like talking yeah. So they say, okay, we want to hear from your client. And so if you say, I'm not going to get high again, I'm going to turn my life around again, and here are my plans, and I have short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals for myself. I have a written relapse prevention plan. I have five reasons to stay sober. I got five people that prefer me to be sober. I have five things that I can do if I had a strong urge to get high. Guess who gets the best sentence? The person with the plan. What you don't want to do is walk into a courtroom and tell the judge, uh, how are you going to change? And you're going to say, uh, just use my willpower. It's not really a method. Yeah. You want to have a method. You want to have a team behind you. There's been a big change. Um, Governor Snyder signed some laws recently. One of them is going to be the Good Samaritan Act. You guys know right now if a person drinks too much alcohol and they're underage, they call for help. There's no legal consequences for that, right? It's called the Good Samaritan Law. It applies to alcohol only. That law is now being changed, so it applies to drugs now too. So if your friend is overdosing on drugs, you can call for help, and there's no legal consequences for you for calling for help like there used to be. Oh, you get possession charge for calling. You can get a, a drug usage charge, which is a and misdemeanor charge. Doesn't matter. They were oftentimes charging people that were in the vicinity of the drugs with a possession charge, uh -huh. and let you go to court Witness. and sort that shit out. That's ridiculous. Oh, it was. Oh, it does. Yeah. Texas is so bad. If you call for help in Texas and you're even around the drugs, you're charged with possession of whatever is there, even when you're calling for help. And they refuse to change that law. I carried a girl into the hospital in California who they said in seconds later she would have been dead. Yeah, so you saved somebody's life. But it's I great. took off because I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. Right, exactly. I didn't know why. So, <laughs> so that, law is, that law has changed, right? I can't tell you. The stats show that they say on average that half the people that overdose and die were with somebody else when they overdosed. 
That's pretty remarkable. And we know how that makes us feel, right, Mackenzie? Mm -hmm. That's some bullshit. Because a lot of people that are good didn't deserve to die. I mean, there's so many stories when I go to Families Against Narcotics when, when people tell me one guy had three friends that left him in the dope house. All three friends scattered and left him there to die. And then they go to the fucking funeral and mom's like, you know, did you see my son? Yeah, I was there, but I couldn't call because I'm strung out. And if I call, they're going to arrest me. I'm going to be bogged in jail. I can't. Wow, really? Really? This girl had like 40 somas, decided she was going to take about 20 of them, would not even give me a second one for me. Oh my God, what greedy bitch. Money. And then like an hour later, she's like dying. And right, like, that's her instant karma right there. Like, she would have given oh, you two. She's punching me in the face while I'm trying to no. drive. No, no. <laughs> Three days later, that bitch called me and said, can you raise me some shampoo and conditioner? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Hello, I saved your life. You know, like... No good deed goes unpunished, right? Jesus. Now you got to bring her soap and shampoo. I talked to her since, yeah. Yeah. Because well, she was staying with me in my house. Yeah, she's no fun to play with. You should leave her alone. No, she's not. She's still in California. She's not doing well. That's what I heard. Greedy drug user. Not, not sharing like That's going to work out really well for her, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. see it, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. All right. Who wants to share their short-term goals? Need a volunteer. Fortune favors the bold. Who's going to be that person? Thank you, Mackenzie. Brooke, you're next. Um, yeah, I still have marijuana in my system, so okay. I need to get that out by my court date on the 5th. Excellent. Um, I need to figure out something to lower my anxiety. Good. Ideas for lowering anxiety. That's a really good statement. Incense, candles, meditation. And what else? <laughs> Herbal <laughs> supplements, right? No, no. I've just been working on Yeah, working out is great. And meditation is great. And so is valerian and kava kava. That'll help as well. Valerian tea, yeah. passion tea, green tea. Yeah. I've been trying a lot of that stuff. But good for you. Well. Just be patient with it. Man, it's, really, it's really subtle. It doesn't happen like a drug does. It's yeah, subtle over time. And he's getting sassy. What? Nothing. If you believe the green tea will work, it'll work, right? Yeah, yeah. but don't fuck with my placebo effect. <laughs> exactly, like that right. fake coffee in yeah. Crittenton. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and find another job. Good. Brooke, how about you? Stay Short term. Jail. Good. Excellent. You want to share? Uh, oh. No, you can go. I'm not done. Uh, get a second job, work in our relationship with my mother outside of the addiction, and her worrying about me and my addiction, and quit smoking weed. Good. How are we doing with that? What's what's Yoda say? Isn't there some no, statement? It's on here, okay? I know, not appreciate it, but I watched Star Wars one Star time. Wars so what does Yoda say in Star Wars? There is no, there is no try. There's only do. Yeah, that's some Yoda shit. There is no try. There's only do. All right. Thank you for sharing, though. Seriously, Rachel, how about you? Um, go to rehab, start working again, and get through with all my court shit. Right. Nice. Good. Elizabeth, how about you? Short-term goals. Um, to stay clean for court and better health. Excellent. Excellent. Pete, how about you? 
I want to hit my one year sober. And yeah. I want to finish probation off and get my license fully back. Nice. Very nice. You want to share one? Short-term goal for yourself? Just um, remain vigilant in my recovery. Nice. Nice. You know, because evil's always out there ready to pull me back in. Right. Got to right. avoid that. I agree. Hi. Dick's out in the parking lot doing push-ups, waiting on her asses, yeah, right? Shadow boxing that motherfucker. <laughs> Cocky motherfucker out there in the parking lot. I can see him right now. That's it. I'm on to him. All right. How about medium-term goals? Go ahead. Um, I live with my grandparents right now, so move out of there. Okay. Um, stay clean. Okay. Those are good. And prove to the judge that I have my license back. Nice. Brooke, how about your medium terms? Get a house with roommates, get back on my right meds, and fix my car. Good. Move out of my house, have more friends, and be on better terms with my family. Good. Do you want to share, too, about your medium term goals? Um, I just have to get back in my condo and stay on Suboxone. Beautiful. Those are great goals. Addie, how about you? Medium term. Uh, stay sober, get a sponsor, move out of my mother's house and get a better job. Yeah. Not I can see that idea. making you, you can blossom under those circumstances. That would be good for you. Yeah. Rachel, how about you for medium term? Um, I just have good environment and finish school. Nice. What do you want to finish? What kind of, what kind of, um, degree do you want to get? Oh, I just need to get my GED. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Knock that out. Yeah. Good closure. Do that for sure. You deserve that. Mm-hmm. One more accomplishment. Elizabeth, how about you for medium term? Um, quit smoking cigarettes. Um, and then hold a steady job without using Adderall. Okay. And fix broken family bonds. Yeah. Get that trust back, right? That's great. Pete, how about medium? I want to s- start school again and learn one new hobby. Nice. Nice. Want a medium goal? <laughs> um, referring to... Anything. Physical, mental, spiritual, travel, career plans. Probably help my sister. Good. You know, try to communicate with her better. She's still using, you know, she's still up there. Yeah. Old self, you know, it just, it hurts me, it pains me. Of course it does. I can try to do something, you know, but it's hard because she's so deep in that lifestyle. Yeah. I don't think she wants to let it go. So the trick to that is to make her using as miserable as possible and her staying sober as easy as possible and get a bunch of other people as your allies and make that happen. I hope so. Yeah? No? What like is she using? She's using dope. Okay, so here's the deal with dope. Um, you guys know how to really annoy a person that's doing heroin? A little secret. Guess how you really can annoy them? Wake them up. Safety checks. Hey. Hi, uh, I'm so-and-so and my brother's doing heroin and I'm really scared because he won't answer his phone. He lives at this address right here. Can you do a non-emergency safety check on him? Of course we can. Police knocking at the door. Like, just want to check on your safety. Let us in. They walk right in and annoy him. What the fuck are you doing here, man? You know? Oh, we're just checking on your safety. How's your safety today? This is bullshit, man. Who, who called you? Who told you to be here? And I do that like seven days in a row. And they're like, what the fuck? Seriously? You know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know where she lives. Yeah, but I'm saying, we've done that to people be, that. Done it to people before that were, were drinking really, really heavily, and they were so intoxicated, they got taken to the hospital, and it really ruined their buzz, and at a certain point, they're like, fuck it, I'm going into rehab, you're making this fucking miserable. It's like our job, right, to make using miserable. So, 
I'm just giving you different ideas, and there are other ways of doing it, but it's not easy, and there's, there's, no, there's no science to this in helping people. I wish I could say, here's a textbook, and you read it, and it's the perfect way to help people get off drugs and alcohol. It's actually more of an art than it is a science. That's what's bad, actually, because it's more of an art than it is a science, because everybody's so different, every circumstance is so different, and everybody's response to drugs and alcohol is so different, right? But here's the deal. When a person's abusing heroin, we handle it a lot, a lot differently. Imagine if I had someone come to me. Remember, if you come to me and you say, I'm a licensed therapist, you say, Raj, I'm going to kill myself tonight. Guess what I have to do? You have to call. i got to call. You can't tell me that. Don't fucking tell me that, right? But here's what happens. You say, Raj, I'm going to kill myself slowly over a one-year period. I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to die, but I'm going to shoot heroin on a daily basis, and at one point, I'm going to OD and die. Guess what I can do? Nothing. I can't call anybody. I can't say anything. If you tell me you're going to rob a bank, I can't do anything. If you tell me you just made $10,000 by selling cocaine, guess what I can do? Nothing. Right? So when people are abusing heroin, right, you got to see them from a different lens. That person is actively suicidal and we have to help them. Is that making sense? All right. Mackenzie, how about your long-term goal? Um, off of probation. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Those are great long-term goals. Brooke, how about you? Long-term goals. Commit to a boyfriend, tear down old certain mattress warehouse, and um, that's it. That's good. <laughs> Trisha, how about you? Um, go back to school, be financially independent, and be sober and healthy. Those are great. I don't have any on that one. It's okay. How about your short-term goals, though? Knock those out. Um... Stay out of boxing, stay in therapy, find more study, <clears throat> work. Good. Eddie, long-term goals. Go back and get my degree. Long. Okay. Four classes away. Yeah, it needs to be done. Uh, spend more time with my family and then move back to California. Why? Back to Cali, why? Because yeah. it's just better there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm feeling that one. Twelve plus months. Uh, I know, but exactly. <laughs> see, my one thing I do like about Michigan is that it's not that easy to get methamphetamine. Unlike your it's your family, so where I'm at. yeah, I mean, unless you hang out with I was there and they said unless you hang crack, out unless you party so with the gay people in Michigan or the hardcore one percenter bikers, it's really hard to get methamphetamine. Don't go to Portland. Why is everyone giving me a hard time? What? I'm not you giving you a hard time. I'm not giving you a hard time. Stop. No, no. I'm just Game thinking out loud. A, thinking out loud. Just thinking out loud. What? 12 plus, I'm saying. You told me to commit to a year. Yeah, I, I did. I do. I'm very flexible. I'm open-minded. I'm easy to work with. Yeah, I'm not saying no. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Rachel, how about you? Long-term goals. Um, all I have is get a house and quit smoking. Good. Good. Yeah. Stop the weed. Weed's a little trap that holds us back from reaching our full potential. Elizabeth, how about you for your long-term goals? Um, to be off probation, go to college, and become financially stable. Excellent. Excellent. And Pete, how about you for long-term? You know, management, promotion, and a new car. Right. So when we think about goals, if everyone's honest in this room, what's the thing that's most likely to prevent you from getting the goals that you want, short, medium, or long-term? Using. Using, right? 
And so everybody in this room has basically unlimited potential. If you don't abuse drugs and alcohol, you honestly have no idea what you're capable of. But here's where it gets tricky. Addiction is going to feed you some bullshit into your head that tells you that you'll never go back to school and complete that degree or that GED. You're never going to be financially independent. And by playing with your mind like that and giving you all that doubt, what's going to happen? You'll be able to use, right? Because if nothing can get better, I might as well go back to using. Don't fall for that bullshit. Don't let your internal dialogue trick you into going back to using. As long as you don't get high and abuse drugs and alcohol, you have no idea what you're capable of. And that's a fact. We got wonderful turnaround stories in recovery. People have become doctors and PAs and RNs and business people have become very successful and become very happy in their relationships and have healthy families and healthy kids. You don't know what you're capable of. It's the drugs and alcohol that are going to hold you back. Right? Is that making sense? So I want to thank everybody for being here today, and we'll see you all on Tuesday at 7 o'clock next week. Oh, I got this to hand out, too. Please take one of these. Mitch does the ear uh, acupuncture, and it's very effective if you have anxiety or depression. Just take one and pass it through. Oh, okay. And so Mitch is available. She might help you, too. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that. I apologize. Can you yep. send Of course I can.